Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Great. Well, we, we want to get into the Word this morning and going to share some things uh, with you. We want to continue in our Simply Jesus theme, uh, which we're looking at, uh, the Jesus life. And, and what does that look like? Last week, we looked at... Uh, Scripture where Jesus, as he began to invite disciples to follow him, uh, he, he said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And just in short summary, the word come there, it was like an invitation from Jesus. It was an invitation into the Jesus life. And he said, come, come and come into salvation, come and know me, know God, know who I am, and then follow me. What did the word follow there means? It, it meant to walk with, to keep in step with him, to align their lives or to align your life with him step by step, day by day in relationship with him. It was really to come into the life of Jesus, which is to live in freedom. And then the, the following part of the verse says, and to make you, to make means to shape and to form. It actually means to ordain. The word ordain is to be set apart for a holy purpose or a holy task. So Jesus basically was saying, come and know me, come and walk with me, come and align your lives with me step by step, day by day, as you come to know me more and more, live in the freedom of who I am. And I'm going to shape you and form you with a holy purpose, which is to fish for men or to make a difference, to be fruitful in your lives. So the disciples at that moment, they left everything and followed him and began to follow him into the Jesus life, exciting life. They didn't know exactly what it meant. Maybe some of us, when Jesus speaks to us, we don't know exactly what it means, but we know, yes, I'm going to follow you. And he leads us in on an adventure that we learn and grow uh, about who he is and the adventure of how he works in us and then through our lives uh, together. Jesus said in that context, his mission statement uh, was the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. So what was he doing on the way when he says, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men? What was he doing? He was making disciples. He was showing people how to live this life that he was talking to them about. He was showing that what did this mean? What did this look like? This life that he's come to give, what did it look like to then live it out in very real and practical terms? So as we're looking at this Jesus life, what are we doing? We're looking at the red letters of Jesus. What did he say? What did he teach? What did he command? How did he live his life? Because we want to know how to live the Jesus life because that's the life he's called us to. And the Jesus life is not only living that ourselves, but it's also reproducing that life in others, making disciples. And we're going to unpack that a little bit and look at that uh, today and also next week in a very, very practical way. Now, I want to share some things with you guys in the light of that. So we're going to look at some things in the Word, but also share some things I know God's been speaking to me personally about. 
but also just to begin sharing from a word that probably many of you have uh, heard in this last week that might have been WhatsApp to you or uh, text to you in some shape or other. You've read it, you've heard it, or people have been talking to you about it. And I just want to unpack some things and go to a scripture in the light of this and share some things that I believe God is saying uh, at this moment, a little bit maybe more prophetically, but to earth it a bit as well this morning. Uh, the word that uh, has kind of has, has went out around this week and, and different people sent it to me as well. Basically, the essence of it was this, that we're all in, we're all in the same storm, but not in the same boat. We're all in different boats. We might be all in the same storm, but not in the same boats going through this storm. And just some of what was said in this word was, for some, this time is is actually quite a relaxed time, a time of reflection, a time that is actually quite easygoing. It's like a little bit more of a holiday season, quite an easy, relaxed time. But for others, it seems to be opposite. Uh, in contrast, it, it's it's financially challenging. There's a, a family crisis kind of going on. It's quite a challenging time. For others, they're working more than they had for maybe less money than they'd been paid. For others, it's quite a lonely, isolated time. For others, a time of peace and rest. Some have even lost their jobs and the challenge of that and what that means. Uh, Others have got maybe a bit of cabin fever, just being in the house all the time, maybe in their family situation and amongst all the homeschooling and family life, it feels a bit like cabin fever. It feels like there's pressures that are being faced that maybe haven't been faced in the same way before. Maybe others uh, working on the front line, the NHS and the people working in care homes uh, are being faced with lives that are being lost with the the reality of this virus that's been going around. Uh, Maybe others in the face of of losing loved ones, losing family members. There's all kinds of different scenarios going on. So we're all going through the same storm, but not necessarily in the same boat. Now, before we go any further, we just want to say another big, huge thank you to everybody in the church who works in the NHS or you're working in care homes or in care situations on the front line. We want to just honour you and thank you for the way you are really giving of yourselves day in, day out, week in, week out to care for people, to serve people and to be a blessing to people. And so I know on a Thursday at eight o'clock every night, we're all out in front of our homes, clapping, cheering, thanking everybody who works in the NHS uh, and and related situations. But we just want to give you a shout out now and thank you and honour you for who you are, what you're doing and how you are literally saving lives and serving people in very, very, very practical ways. We just pray that in this time you are protected, you are safe, that God surrounds you with himself, with his presence in every way so that you walk through this particular storm that we're all going through, but in different ways, that you walk through this storm fully protected, fully in his hand, fully cared for, and that you come out the other side stronger with some amazing stories that we've already been hearing of of conversations you've been having. Our lives have not been lost, but they've been saved instead. So bless you in all that you are doing. Now, we're going through the same storm, maybe different boats, but the amazing thing is Jesus is in every boat. 
If you know Jesus, he is in the boat of your life at this time. He's not walked away. He's not off somewhere else. He is fully in our lives, fully in whatever boat that we're going in. Now, it's amazing, you know, when a word like this comes out during the week that we're all in the same storm but going through different boats. Isn't it amazing how God prepares us for these moments? Back in January, if you remember, God spoke to us and gave us a word about uh, galleon ships, about every one of us being like a ship. And, and our lives are like the hull. The mast is him, his word that goes, that is rooted into the hull. Then the rigging is like the things that he is speaking to us. And the rigging is like our response to the word that he is speaking to he, he, who he is in our lives. And then the sails are our lives spread out in terms of how we are then living the life that he's called us to do, living the life in response to what he is saying to us at this moment. And I just think it's amazing how God speaks ahead of time and prepares us for a time that is to come, which is now, that when, when we're in the middle of the storm, he reminds us, hey guys, I am the mast. I am the word. I am your stability. I'm the thing that goes right into the depth of your life. And as you continue to hold on to your my word, the rigging, as we hold on, it is connected as we are connected to his word and we respond. We make decisions in relation to that. The sails of our lives are then spread out so that in the middle of the storm, we catch the wind of what he's doing to bring us through it and out the other side. It's amazing. And he spoke to us about, these galleon ships like an armada and all of us, our lives together are like those ships moving together, going forward together as an armada, as a warring people, as a fighting people, as a victorious people coming through the other side. And so I love that, that analogy that God gave us ahead of time so that we can know in the middle of a moment like this and when we hear a word that we're in a storm, but we're in different boats, but we're all gonna come through the other side together. And the great thing is, each boat can help another. Each ship can help another. And so I want us to turn to Mark 4 this morning, uh, verses 35 to 41. And it's the scenario where Jesus says something to the guys about going to the other side of the lake and a storm comes up in the middle and uh, some things that he said before, some things he says in the middle so that they come through the other side. Uh, so hopefully this will be relevant. And I wanna share some other stuff in relation to what we're gonna bring from the word this morning. This hopefully gonna encourage us and help us in this moment. So Mark 4.35, it says, that day when evening came. So Jesus had been busy teaching, preaching, and all sorts of things have been happening. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. That's going to be really important in a moment. Verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them. So that kind of fits the word that we've just heard that uh, we're in a storm but we're all in different boats. Jesus said to these guys, the disciples, let's go to the other side. They got in the boat and they started to go across the lake, but there were other boats with them. Verse 37, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. 
Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping in on, not in, but on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, hey, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and the way and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let's just have a look at, at some of the things that happened in this story. So Jesus said to these guys in verse 35, let's go over to the other side. So Jesus spoke, we're going and we're going to the other side. They left the crowd, got into the boat. There were other boats with them. A storm came up. Jesus was asleep at the stern of the boat on a cushion having a kit. The Jesus, then the disciples in the middle of the storm, when this storm rose, the water was starting to swamp the boat. I'm sure that was happening to other boats as well. The disciples woke and say, hey, Jesus, don't you care if we drown? Maybe sometimes in the middle of the scenario we've been in and we are currently Sometimes maybe some of us said, hey, Jesus, where are you? Maybe there's some challenges. Jesus, do you care at this moment? Now, what is Jesus doing at this moment? Now, in this, in, in this storm, in the situation, he was asleep on a cushion. Why? Because he said, let's go to the other side. There was no other uh, question in Jesus' mind of what might happen, uh, whether there was a storm or not. He knew we're going to the other side. In the middle of the circumstances, changing from peaceful, everyday scenario to suddenly the storms are rising, the disciples are freaking out and they're saying, they woke him up saying, Jesus, don't you care, don't you care? In the middle of that, what does he say? He says to the storm, be quiet and be still. What was Jesus doing? He was speaking from the place that he was living. Jesus was living in a place of rest. He was sleep, uh, living in a place of calm. So when the circumstances changed, the disciples changed according to the circumstances. They began to worry. They began to fear. But the great thing they did is they went to the one that they knew could change the situation. And in the middle of it, they went to Jesus. What did Jesus do? He spoke from the place that he was living. And what did he speak? He spoke quiet. He spoke, be still. Why? Because internally, he was living in a place of quiet. He was living in a place of rest. He was living in a place of spiritual stillness. That doesn't mean no activity, but it means in a place of rest. And so what did he do? He rose and that rest on the inside was stronger than the circumstances on the outside. That place of quiet on the inside was stronger than the place of storm on the outside. So when he said, be quiet, be still, everything calmed, everything changed. What happened in that moment, it wasn't just for those in that boat that changed, it changed for all the other boats in that moment that were going through the same storm. Suddenly terror became calm, terror became peace. The wind and waves died down. 
that affected everybody in that moment. Every boat, every life, every situation changed. Why? Because from that place that Jesus was living, that was greater than the circumstances and what was taking place. So what does that say to us in this moment? God is working in us, in our hearts and lives, and he wants us to be living in a place of rest. Whether your home life at this moment is pretty calm, pretty restful, pretty peaceful, or whether your life seems to accelerate it to the other end of the scale and you seem to be running at 110 miles an hour, 120 miles an hour, everything seems to move from one thing to the next. Jesus still wants us to live in a place of quiet internally and a place of stillness internally so that when we speak to the circumstances, when we speak to the storm, when we speak to the rush and the hurry, things slow down, things go into more of a slow motion. It still might mean everything around us seems to be hurrying, 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 but when on the inside we go, no, Father, I choose to come into a place of rest with you and a place of stillness. In the middle of the storm, I'm going to quiet my soul. I'm going to quiet the noise. I'm going to still my soul, everything going on in me, and submit that to your spirit so that what is going on in my spirit, which is the Jesus life, What's going on in your spirit is the life of Jesus. It's his life, his spirit at work in our spirit. And we submit the soul, our mind, our emotions and, and our will, everything going on. We submit that to him. And what happens is a quiet stillness comes in. And then that is released into the storm so that we weather the storm and come through the storm in a place of rest, stillness and peace, overcoming that. And then you find circumstances change. Anxiety goes, panic leaves, fear goes, rush leaves, hurry goes. Manicness changes, things just change. And then when we go into some of the circumstances where all of that is going on in other people's lives, we bring something in that then begins to change how they are then living and what is affecting them. And they begin to say to us, what is it about you? You are peaceful. You don't seem to be, be perturbed by the situation. You seem to be, I don't know, you seem to come into it and you're not even worried or fearful. That's the overflow of the Jesus life into other people's lives. And so we might be in a storm, we might be in different boats, but we can live in stillness and quietness and that can overflow into other boats so other people come into that also. Now, in the middle of all of that, I just want to share some things for a few moments that, that God spoke to me over the, during last week, over the last few days. Just going to kind of read it. I think it's better if I do that and then pick up on some things from that. And then we're going to pray in relation to that this morning. I'm just going to read this out. Get ready for a download. Position yourself. There is something about to be released that is unstoppable. It is of such magnitude, it will be akin to the days of Noah. 
the world would continue to go about its own business and ways, not realizing, even though warned, that things are about to be overtaken or flooded by who I am. The world cannot hear, let alone see or perceive what I am about to do. I'm preparing my church like Noah prepared the ark. He did so by faith, acting upon what I spoke to him. Even though he'd never seen an ark, knew what it was or even knew what it was for. He still did it in the face. He still prepared it in the face of the unknown. The world didn't understand at that point or thought he, and thought that he was irrelevant. But this is what I'm doing with my church at this time. I'm preparing her, my church, for something that she has not seen and not known on a scale that no one on earth has experienced. As with the days of Noah on the ark, one era of days ended and a short time later, a whole new era of days after the flood began. Everything had changed. Everything was new. I believe during this time, an era of days is ending and, and in a short time, a new era of days is beginning. Let's just continue some other things that I believe God was saying in relation to this. When Jesus started his ministry, after saying and doing all that he said and did, he went to the cross, he rose again. He went to be with the Father and sent the Holy Spirit. It then changed everything. Again, an era of days ended and a new era of days begun. What did that look like? The early church was birthed. It then began to say and to do all that it knew that it was supposed to say and do in relation to the Great Commission of what Jesus had done and why he sent his Holy Spirit. It was Holy Spirit filled and Holy Spirit led. But after a few years, something needed to happen. They didn't have a virus at that moment, but they had persecution. The persecution scattered the church. It had to think on its feet, adapt and move accordingly. It went to the nations in the way that the Great Commission was originally intended. When things are stripped back to the bare necessities and what is really important is crystallized, people focus on the purpose of why they are here and why they're alive and what they're actually supposed to be doing. I'm dealing with consumerism and entertainment in the church. All the distractions and additives or add-ons that make the church or a church busy, but not fruitful. I'm getting my church back to the essence of its call, the Great Commission, but not in the way that it has maybe gone about it up to this point. I'm restoring the priesthood of the believer that is written about in Ephesians 4, where the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher equip the saints for works of ministry so that there is the oneness of maturing faith as a body and the unity of a people knowing me 
so that the whole measure of the fullness of Christ is revealed once again in homes, in streets, in communities, through the saints. I'm recommissioning the commission, the great commission at this time. And I believe that God is, is just, as we've been saying before, just bringing the essence of who He's called the church to be right back to the fore. And it's like God is recommissioning the commission at this time. What is He doing in the midst of that? He's getting us ready. The story of the 10 versions, as we mentioned last week, five were ready, five weren't. Five had their oil lamps full and their, their wicks trimmed. They were ready for when the bridegroom's gonna come. They were ready for whatever God wanted to do. I believe that that is what God is doing at this moment with us as a church and with the church. God has got our attention at this time. He has got the church's attention at this time. And God is working and God is moving. What's he doing? God is making sure that his church is ready to be agile at this time, ready to move, ready to respond, to be adaptable, to be responsive to the ways in which he wants us to be and how he wants us to work. That's what that analogy is about the ships with the mast and the rigging and the sails that as we respond to him in the hull of our lives and as we make sure the rigging is tight and the sails are out, that we're ready to be agile and adaptive and to move in relation to what he is saying and what he is doing. He's reviving the priesthood of the believer. What does that mean? The homes and what God is doing in our lives are coming right to the fore. Where's the harvest gonna be harvested? Primarily in our homes. Where's it gonna be discipled? Primarily in our our homes and God is restoring something at this time in the church. Now, I know this might have been a slightly shorter message this week and there's some things we could go into that we're going to go into next week from Matthew chapter 5. A lot of red letters next week that Jesus has spoken about. What does that mean for us? What's the progression of that? What does that mean in terms of the gospel of the kingdom and that being outworked? But what I believe he wants us to do is just simply respond today and we're going to pray through some things really practically now as a church in our homes in relation to what I believe God is saying in the midst of the storm but how he wants us to be so let's just take a few moments let's just be in his presence right now no matter what the government say tonight in their briefing no matter what the lockdown may or may not look like going forward, how much they do relax things, how much they don't. Our lives are rooted in Him. He's the mast, He's the word. He's the thing, He's the one that everything hangs on and is connected to. We thank you, Lord, for your presence right now in our homes, that you are our stability. You are the one that keeps our lives upright. And Jesus, we thank you that in every boat in this storm, you want the quietness and the stillness of who you are 
to be the compass, to be the determining factor. And so, Father, we just realign our hearts and lives with you in a fresh way right now. We thank you that you are right in the boat, right in our homes, right in our lives with us at this moment. And whatever storms are going on, we just stand like you did and you spoke and you said, quiet, be still. Whatever storms might be going on around us, we stand now. Whether it's anxiety, whether it's fear, whether it's a sense of isolation or loneliness, whether it is sickness, whether it is unknown, we don't know what the next days are gonna look like. We don't know how I might be able to cope. I feel a bit cabin, cabin fever. I feel a bit overrun with everything. We're just gonna stand right now. We're gonna to speak to the storm. We're gonna say, quiet now. Be still. I am not gonna be blown around by the news. I'm not gonna be blown around by social media. I'm not gonna be blown around by any feelings. I'm gonna be blown along by what Jesus is saying in his word. What he's speaking into my life and my family's life, my house or my home. Jesus, you are the determining factor right now. And so I stand and I take authority over fear, over every wind or storm that's trying to blow around me. I take authority over that right now. I say, be quiet and be still. I just command my soul to be at rest right now, my mind to be at peace now, my emotions to be governed by the Spirit of God at work in my life. I thank you, Jesus, for stability in the storm. Jesus, I thank you that you are working in the middle of this situation. Sickness, be calm right now and leave in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for those that were healed last week as part of the message, people with some neck issues and things happening in their, their backs and the top of the, in their muscles and various things going on. I thank you for people being healed last week. I thank you right now, people being healed. Symptoms leaving people's bodies right now in Jesus' name. Father, we exalt you. We lift your name over our lives, over our marriages, our homes, our families, over the other boats, the other homes, the other families, the other households. We lift and exalt your name over all of our lives at this time. We thank you, Jesus. God is recommissioning the commission. God is getting us ready. We're already being a witness in different ways. There's about to be a release of God like he's been speaking, not just this morning, but in many ways through many people. We know Pentecost is coming up on the 31st of May. I believe there's gonna be fresh release of the Spirit as we come out increasingly out of this lockdown, a greater release of the Spirit in the, the freedom there'll be in the natural, there'll be a greater freedom spiritually. We thank you, Father, you're getting us ready. You're recommissioning the commission. And in the same way that 
persecution scattered the church. Father, I thank you, you're using this scenario now, this virus scenario to release and to scatter the church out, to push the church out. You're gonna be, we're gonna be going out in fresh ways. It's like many people going out in a new way, freshly empowered, freshly anointed, lives reordered, priorities reordered, thinking reordered time reordered, finances reordered. I thank you that you're releasing us, getting us ready for this release in a fresh way. So Father, I thank you for the grace upon our homes and lives. No matter what this lockdown looks like, your grace in a fresh way to live the next few weeks in relation to whatever restrictions or whatever limitations are said tonight, we thank you for your grace to live those out. Father, I thank you. There's going to be new expressions of faith going out on social media. Maybe we can connect with families and others in a different way. But we thank you for that fresh release of your spirit, even this week, Father, in us, amongst us and through us. We thank you. We praise your name. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We want to live the Jesus life this week. We want to live that life quiet and stillness in the face of challenge. So that what comes through our lives, in our homes, to those around us, to those that we contact through social media, we connect with in small groups this week, when we connect on Zoom in small groups this week and connect in different ways and meet and encourage and bless people. Thank you, Lord, that that life in the same way that came through Jesus, that changed things around them, him and them. Same through us, it's gonna change things around us this week because we are speaking and living and what is released from what we're living in on the inside. So I thank you, Lord. I praise your name. And Father, I thank you for those that are part of the meeting this morning that, that don't know you at this moment. Father, I just thank you that you reveal, you show them who you are right now. If you, if you don't know Jesus today, you can respond to him this morning. Responding to Jesus is basically saying, Jesus, I need you, I want you, and I want to surrender all of who I am to you. And you can do that this morning simply by saying, Jesus, I'm here. I want to begin a relationship with you. I want to surrender everything to you right now. I ask you to forgive me for every sin that I've committed, everything that I've done that has separated me from you. And I want to place my life in your hands. And I ask you to put your life in me today. So Jesus, I open up my life and my heart to you. And I thank you that as I give myself to you today, you give yourself to me. Thank you, Jesus. Surrender everything to you right now. I want you to be Lord of my life today. I want you to be my saviour, saving me from my sin, an eternity without you, so that I can have an eternity with you. But I want to walk with you like those disciples did that I heard about today. I want to walk with you today like they did then. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you have 
responded to the Lord, or you want to respond to Him like that today and surrender your life to Jesus, then please get in touch with us, info at kingdomfaith.com. We'd love to get in touch with you, talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way that we can. If you have others in your with you and you've just been responding or you want to, why don't you turn to them today and ask them, I want to give my life to Jesus. How do I do it? What do I do now? I want to pray like that guy prayed uh, on, that, uh, on that meeting just now. So you can do that and you can surrender everything to him. So brilliant. So guys, be so, so blessed. Have a great week. Live the Jesus life this week. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com. 